So let's go to uh, open your Bibles to this morning to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And Ridge, it'll be in the New King James, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. But Father, we thank you for your goodness and for the presence of God we experience in praise and worship. And for the precious saints that are in this place. Thank you that everyone here has both calling, a divine calling, a divine purpose. And each one of us, Lord, that you have a destiny for us, an expected end. And that, Lord, Jeremiah 29, 11 is truly active and working mightily and powerfully on each one of our lives, in it and on it, <laughs> through it. I know the thoughts that I have for you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not evil, to give you a future and a hope and expected end. So thank you, Lord, that as we saw last week, we looked into the word that you pointed out in the word Last week, that fruitfulness, fruitful lives qualify us to ask the Father anything. And Lord, as we grow up as disciples, and not just believers, but as disciples of the Lamb, that we truly will see Matthew and the Word of God come to pass in our life. That as we seek first the kingdom of God and your righteousness, all the things that are needed will be added. They're added by default, because of your love, grace, and mercy. Thanks for it in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Say, by default. by default. You know, I was thinking, I, I, I'm really thinking a lot about the DNA that you and I are born of. Because in uh, Corinthians 5.17, it says, Paul wrote that any man found in Christ is a new creation and a new species. Amen? Right. Right. The old has passed away. Behold, and the behold is like, behold! All things are new. You know, it's not like behold. You know, it's like, whoa, dude, studuses. You know, you are alive unto God. You have a born of a spirit. The son of God has made his residence in you. His very seed, his father's seed has been imputed into us as it was into Mary. Be it done unto me according to your word. Boom. Glory to God. The Holy Ghost brooded over her, and that thing that was found in her was what? Emmanuel, God with us. Hallelujah. Well, glory. So we are focusing on the love of God. It's Christmas season. And I want to say uh, just for everyone here and contributing, whether if you weren't there physically and able to make it, but through your love and the toys, the prayer, prayer is powerful, guys. It's, uh, amen. And everything you contributed and gave and sowed into the lives, into that outreach, that was God's love. And it, it was truly a witness. <laughs> and don't ever think for a minute that people don't see God's love in you. Don't ever think for a minute. Because sometimes we don't necessarily feel so lovely at the moment, do we? But it's just at those moments that God's going to give that little squeeze. You know? <laughs> I know I'm in there. <laughs> I'm just going to squeeze a little bit more of me out of here. <laughs> just like toothpaste. Hallelujah. <laughs> Sometimes it's got to get rolled up to get the good stuff out. Amen. <laughs> so let's look at starting with uh, chapter or verse 9 of chapter 4 of First Thessalonians. But concerning brotherly love. Philadelphia, you have no need that I should write to you, for you yourselves are taught by God to love 
one another. I mean, just in the, you know, in first grade, I still remember C-spot run. That was part of the teaching material. C-spot, C-spot run. Run, spot, run. Anybody remember that? Or am I the only one in here that... Glory to Oh, Pastor, are you going to bring us back to the foundations again? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Concerning brotherly love, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. And the word again is Agape. You're taught by God. Well, how are we taught by God? We're born of him. The Holy Spirit made his residence in us. He lives in us. Jesus said that it's better for you that I go that he can come. Because when he comes, he's going to lead you into all truth. He's going to guide you. He's going to intercede. Jesus, And I love this. Jesus said, when I go, I'm going to send another helper. Which actually absolutely reveals to you and I that the word is helper number one. The word is helper number one. The spirit is helper number two. We need word and spirit. Amen. (laughs) Well, when I look at this, I can't help thinking by by default. My spirit man goes to John, 1 John 2, verses 20 and 27. So look at there real quick. Look at there. Let's go to 1 John chapter 2. Because you know what? In part of an awakening that God's going to do here in the church and revival, revival in the church and awakening to mankind. The veil is going to be being pulled back on souls. And listen, your path is going, our path Collectively, but your individual path, you're going to cross people's path that no one else may, t- may, p- may cross by. You might be the only light that somebody's going to encounter, the light of God. You may carry that, that word, a single word. I love the gifts of the Spirit this morning that were flowing through Pastor Carol. Particularly, words of knowledge, words of encouragement. How God, revealing how Father sees a few of the saints in the house. I don't mind saying Vince is Sarge. Uh, he may want to be a captain, but I tell you what, there's enough in God's sergeanthood. Big, you got pretty big shoes anyway. That's big shoes to fill. I remember somebody saying, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the kingdom of God than a prince somewhere on the earth. I'd rather be a maintenance man in heaven. Than be in hell as an ex billionaire. Anybody here? So let's go on to the verse ten. And indeed you do oh I'm sorry, I I I jump I'm jumping ahead. Let me come back to first John. So how are we taught by God to love? And John, the one I this is a vivid picture, and Carol's the one that really I heard Teach it this way first time. 
that at the Last Supper, John, the youngest disciple of the twelve, out of them all, he's the one that puts his head on the breast of Jesus. He now, And she pointed out, she said, I bet you his ear was right on top of his heart. And he was hearing the heart of the father for what was just about to happen. Yeah. So first John chapter two, John writes this for you and I, but you have an anointing from the Holy one and you know all things. I can take that literally or I can see that as the possibilities, the provision of God. It's the provision of God. In Corinthians chapter 2, 1 Corinthians 2, Paul says at one point, he says, the non-spiritual man can't appraise spiritual things, but a spiritual man appraises all things. Howbeit you have, the church has, the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ. I, I believe this. With, if I took an honest answer in a poll in here today, how many of you actually can say, I have the mind of Christ that I'm very cognizant of all throughout the day. I'm very cognizant of the mind of Christ in my life on a daily basis, even about my responsibilities. That's a little bit of a challenge for all of us, isn't it? Amen. But the Bible says, no, you have it by DNA. But the reality is, is what we experience is based on the revelation we have extracted from the word. We have the mind of Christ in the, what we experience is in proportion to the amount of time we have spent reading and studying the word of God and applying it. Knowledge puffs up. Amen. It's not about how much you know and you can quote. It's who be you? Who are we when we leave the four walls here today? But who do people see? Do they see you? Do they see me? Do they see Jesus? See, that's what God wants to revive and breathe his breath back into. For you and I don't give a rip of what anybody thinks. Their soul, their eternal destiny is more important to you and I than just another uh, one of the living dead walking among us. And we just avoid them. No, we got to get involved. And there's, there, there's, there's going to be an action and reaction to every time you and I get involved and minister the love of God to somebody. There's always going to be an action of love through word or a deed, and there's going to be a reaction, sometimes positive and sometimes negative. But Jesus said, hey, if they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. He said, and what did Jesus say? It messes with our box, takes us out of our playing field. Bless your enemy. Well, I want to bless him. Yeah, in the natural, I have a different way and method of blessing an enemy. You know, anybody here? Yeah, that's when you want to be a 10th degree black belt or something. I'll bless you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> in our human <laughs> wisdom, <laughs> our fallen nature, say fallen nature. Now, there's a higher nature you and I are born of and it's superior. In, in, in the nature you and I are born of, there's the DNA of the Father, a loving God. 
that had his son say from the cross, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Nobody in their right mind would sin against Jesus and you. Say that with me. Nobody in their right mind would sin against Jesus in me. So right there, we got an edge. Nobody in their right mind would. (laughs) So people's negative reactions to us isn't to us. It's Christ and us, the hope of glory. But Jesus loves them anyway. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I tell you what, we need some good old-fashioned persecution in our lives. We do. We need to get chastised for our faith. We need to get that negative reaction going again because it starts, you know, you can either, it's going to help you and I determine and comprehend, or is it me that liveth or Christ that lives? They did it to Jesus. The first message he preached, they wanted to throw him off a cliff. Come on. Hallelujah. Thank God there's no cliffs around. Amen. So share your faith. Hallelujah. Well, what if they reject me? You're dead. How can anybody reject you if you're dead in Christ? Carol read it in Colossians, didn't she? Come on, church. Preach at me. You know, there was a song that we used to sing. (laughs) Ye are dead. Ye are dead. You are dead and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Sing in the word. You are dead. We are dead. (laughs) We are dead and our lives are hidden in Christ with God. We are dead. (laughs) We are dead. I celebrate my burial on April 23rd, 1974, 7.30 in the morning. Hallelujah. Praise God. (laughs) I remember a lot of the teachers used to say, we're going to get in this. A lot of teachers used to say, if you don't remember when you got born again, find a date that's as close as possible. Put on a piece of paper. And every time the devil tries to tempt you or tell you you're not a child of God and say, I died this day. Here's my epitaph. I love what Carmen said in the one video. He said, every time the devil tries to remind you of your past, remind him of his future. Well, devil one day, <laughs> Gehenna's coming for you, baby. Remind the devil. You feel like you're struggling or getting hit by demons? Say, Gehenna's coming. Gehenna's waiting for you. Well, let's go on. Say, love of God. Hallelujah. And indeed, you do so toward all the brethren who are in... Oh, I'm sorry. Back to John. I, I'm still jumping ahead. We looked at verse 20. You have an anointing from the Holy One to teach you. Teach you what? First Thessalonians 4, 9. You have no need that I should write to you, Church of Barrington, for you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. And in conjunction with last week, we looked at what Jesus said in John chapter 15. By this, all men shall know you're my disciples, not just people who go to a religious, out of religious obligation to attend a a service. No, you're born again, sons and daughters of the most high God. We've been delivered out of the have tos to the one tos. 
Glory. Hallelujah. Amen. So John says, you have an anointing from Holy One, and you know all things. Verse 27. But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you, and you do not need that anyone teach you. Let's read it together. But the anointing which I have, but personalize that, let's read it together. But the anointing which I have received from God abides in me, and I do not need that anyone teach me, but as the same anointing teaches me concerning all things and is true and is not a lie, and just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. Well, I guess I don't need to go to church then. I don't need a pastor. Because the Bible says here, I don't need anybody to teach me. Well, you have fivefold offices that are here to equip you. But only the Holy Spirit can teach you what you're being equipped with. That was pretty good. That was a good time to say, oh, I see. The fivefold offices, the apostle, the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher are in the body to equip the saints for the work of ministry. You need to start getting that mindset and that eye of the tiger. I am, what did we see last week? I need to be a fruitful son of God, a fruitful daughter of God. You were born again for fruitfulness. And it's the Holy Spirit who teaches us what? The word. How to be Jesus on this planet. And one of the greatest testimonies is loving one another. If we can't love each other here, how are we ever going to minister to the world? And that doesn't mean, okay, well, if you believe the same way I do, then I'll love you. No, that's carnal. Agape is, I love you right where you're at. I have so much faith, and this is where every one of us need to see how we need to see each other. I have so much faith in Christ's transformation power in you that God is changing all of us from glory to glory. There ain't no big I or little you in the kingdom. We ourselves, members of one another, and God knows that we can't do this without each other. Hallelujah. And it's not just good news assembly. It's the whole body of Christ. The congregation down the road, well, they don't believe in tongues. I love them anyway. They're my brother and sister. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. (laughs) Hallelujah. We need Baptist theology in some of our mix. We need some Presbyterian theology in some of our mix. We need some of the Methodist theology in our mix. Hallelujah. Everybody, every denomination out there is the result of a split from a disagreement. But if they would only come together. And find out what they truly agree on. Or they would begin to say, well, maybe there is another way to look at that particular doctrine. Or maybe there are many facets of a particular doctrine. No, it's just one color. Black. Well, that ain't very colorful. Black by itself. What did God give us? He gave us a rainbow. Well, glory. 
It's good preaching, right? Thank you. So John says, that's what he's saying here in verses 20 and 27. Now, come on back to First uh, Thessalonians chapter 4. We're talking about the love of God. What needs to be revived in the body of Christ as well is the love of God for one another. That I love you. I love you so much that I'm going to pray for your destiny to come to pass. I want God's will for your life to be such a, a tremendous success. But I'm going to lay my life down. I'm going to sow my prayer and my encouragement into your life. Because you are that valuable to God. And because you are, you're valuable to me. God said something very profound to me many years ago. And most of you in here have heard it. When I was about in ministry personally, 15 minutes, we both were. But about 15 minutes, 15 minutes, <laughs> 15 years in the journey. <laughs> 88 I would be somewhere around 1993 I was asking the Lord and I said Lord what is my destiny because you know pastoring uh, every anything you do in the ministry it, it can it can lose its savor that thrill that joy all of a sudden man that leap in the step that ah, I can't wait man you're looking forward to waking up you're looking forward to the alarm because of God, because tomorrow is the day the Lord had made. Hallelujah. And you were expecting to touch somebody. Your life is going to change somebody's life. I forget where I was going with it. 15 years ago. Thank you, dear. I was asking the Lord and I said, Lord, what is my destiny? It was like one of those in the in the journey, there was a transitional time where the, I felt like that song from the past. Is that all there is? Is that all there is? If, if this all there is, my friend, then let's keep dancing. You know, Paul said it. It's a fancy way for Paul saying, hey, if this if this gospel that I'm preaching isn't real, let's eat, drink and be married because tomorrow we die. Amen? But then he also said in Galatia, if anybody comes preaching any other gospel than that which I've preached, even an angel from heaven, may they be anathema, damned to the damnedest. And when he said it, I'll tell you what, demons quaked, people quaked. We need some quaking in the church again. Thank God for the Quakers. Hallelujah. That's more in furniture. So I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, what is my destiny? And I double dog dare you to ask God again, what is your destiny personally? Get in his presence and say, Lord, what is my destiny? I know I'm designed and born again for fruitfulness. I was created for that. And a lot of us, a lot of people in humanity, they're just getting by, just getting by. They're surviving. When God wants you and I to thrive. I'm not talking about some excessive, stupid twist on, on, on the word of God. Fruitfulness. We saw it last week. Jesus said, by this, Father is glorified. That you bear fruit. Hallelujah. What's it take? How do I bear fruit? Hey, you don't have to convince an apple tree to bring forth apples. Just yield. It naturally grows and it yields fruit. Yeah. Amen. What happens with the fruit? People eat it. 
and they get healthy with it. Come on. People need to eat the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. When there's not much love around, they need to pluck love from you. You're the tree in the garden of people's lives. Hallelujah. If they need patience, they need to pluck patience from you because it's a reality in their, their encounter with you. You're a very patient person. Well, not naturally. Supernaturally. When people need joy, they should be able to pluck joy from us. Now, do you, do you think there's any problem plucking joy from Jesse Duplantis? No. I mean, seriously. That guy's joy by accident. <sighs> he looks like the Cheshire cat 24-7. So I said, God, what is my destiny? And by default of you, of God connecting you to this house, it's for more than part of the design in a local congregation is God gives a woman or a man or a couple a vision. And if he calls them to begin to build a local expression, a congregation, it's because he has a certain DNA in that family expression that's going to stand out. It's not better. It's just different. Everybody in here, you can look around the room and see the variety of God. Nobody in here is better than the other. But I see a lot of awesome people. And your design, even though you're a human being, you, everybody in here is so unique of yourself, of him in yourself. You're just so unique. Lisa, you sure are. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Wonderfully unique, Lisa. You know what? This house couldn't be the same without you. It wouldn't be the same. So the Lord said this. He said, I'm, I, I was so earnest in this, guys. Lord, what is my destiny? What is my destiny? There, I just felt like, Lord, there's got to be more. I, I need to see the next chapter. I need, I need to see what's coming or what, what's ahead. And this is what the Holy Spirit said to me. Now, this is for you. Because you, he, if he connected you here, this is part of what's in the vine of this house. He said, your destiny is to help others fulfill theirs. Amen. Slam dunk. <laughs> so now, if everybody in this room catches that, that even just that heartbeat of the Father, that our, our destiny, my destiny... It's not about being behind a pulpit necessarily because everywhere my feet trod, that's my pulpit. Everywhere you go, that's a pulpit. Every place you step, that's a pulpit. We are all ambassadors of the Most High God. A pulpit goes with you every, everywhere you go. What message are you carrying? And what message do we carry? Do you know what a lot of folks right now, they lost value. Humanity around us, they're going through the motions like hamsters in the hamster cage. Yeah. 
Some of them very successful in the natural, we would say, but empty on the inside. Lost. There are people that you and I would look at and think that, oh, man, there's no problem with them. And they're empty without God. And according to Paul, he said, strangers and aliens to the covenants and promises of God. Yet successful in the things that God had placed on the inside of them. But yet lost. You and I can't determine who's saved and who's not. Unless we hear it out of their mouth. Carol was, uh, had some of the grandkids years ago. At Christmas time, we usually tried to get them over and take them on the speed line, you know, get in the front car, you know. <laughs> but she was there with a couple of the grandkids, and there was a, a girl at lunchtime that was in her sneaks and dressed up. And uh, in her sneakers, they go out there, and she's passing out tracks. And she came up to Carol and said, uh, she just gave you a track? Uh-huh. And... And she turned around. She said, oh, no, I don't need this. No, I went back to her and I just said, here, I said, you know what? I don't need this. You can give it to someone else. And she looked right at me and she said, are you born again? And I went, which was, uh, you guys heard this story, which was so stupid. This was so stupid. This is what came out of my mouth. I said, I'm a pastor. I'm a pastor. I said, here, you can give this to someone else. That didn't mean a hell of beans to her. And she said, are you born again, bought with the blood of Jesus Christ? And I said, I absolutely am, and I'm so grateful you asked me that. And I said, but here, give it to someone else because I am. And she said, okay. And then she took it, and then she just kept passing out. She didn't care if she was a pastor. Are you born again? Come on. You can sleep in a garage. That don't make you a car. Amen. Amen. Say, my destiny is to help others fulfill theirs. And the first fruit of that is if you're in a family, that's the immediate place you get to do that. But then God's in his brilliance. He connects us to a local body of believers so that we can get outside of our four walls and into a inside his four walls so that we can get out of these four walls and take it to people in the big arena. Amen. So let's go back to first Thessalonians. I'll start with verse nine again, but concerning brotherly love, you have no need that I should write to you for you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. And indeed you do so toward all the brethren who are in all Macedonia. But we urge you, brethren, that you increase more and more. That And verse 10 said, and indeed you do so toward all the brethren. Anybody that's washed in the blood of the lamb is your brother and sister. Denominational title doesn't mean squat. There's many Roman Catholics that are born again. So don't ever fall into the place of judging a denomination because of things that they do that we don't agree with scripturally. Love them. I said this before. We speak to people, non-believers. I'm calling people that that I interact with. I call them saint. I put saint. I give them a title. 
I said, St. James. St. Dominic. St. Ralph. <laughs> and they look at me and, you know, they, it puts a smile on their face. Because they know I know they're a heathen. <laughs> you know, they know that I, they know that I know they're a heathen. But, but what does faith do? It calls the things that are not as though they are. What does it start doing? Soften that sinner's heart. I don't have to, nobody had to tell me I was going to hell. I knew it before I was saved. Anybody else in here? How many in here actually thought that life on this earth was hell? Let me see your hand if you actually, am I alone in this? I, that's what I thought. I got to a place where I figured if there's a hell, I'm in it. Before I got saved. And I concluded that within 23 and a half years. So if I'm on a highway to hell, I might as well keep my pedal to the metal. Come on. What happened? Love broke through. Randy Stonehill and Phil Keggy did a song, Love Broke Through. The words were, like a dreamer trying to build a highway to the sky. All my hopes came tumbling down and I never knew just why. Until the day, until the day you pulled away the clouds that hung like curtains on my eyes. I was blind all these wasted years and I thought I was so wise. But then you took me by surprise like waking up from the longest dream. How real it seemed, the dream. Until your love broke through. What scripture can we tie that into? Paul saying, Corinthians, the God of this age has blinded the minds of the unbelieving. If perhaps they should see the light of the gospel, the glory of Christ. People see the light of the gospel in every one of us. I'm so glad they don't see the old ray. <laughs> you do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Pastor, I can't believe you're that bad. Trust me. Anybody without God is a lost soul. Some are loster than others. Amen. Verse 11. Paul says to, to us today that you also aspire to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business, and to work with your own hands as we commanded you, that you may walk properly toward those who are outside, outside the family of God, and that you may lack nothing. Carol mentioned Philippians 4.19. My God shall supply all my need according to its riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Part of that word is he shall supply employment, resources for every good work. The word aspire means this. Now, the, here's the command. Look, this isn't a suggestion to us as disciples. This is like we, we need to imagine that we're, we, we don't have to imagine we're God's family. We are God's family. 
But we need to imagine being in his army because it's not a democracy. Christianity was never designed by God to be a democracy. It's a theocracy. And he is a king. And he has subjects. He has family and subjects. But he's a king. Say, God is a king. And he's my papa. But think about that. Well, let's just go on here. So the advice or the command in scripture, the guidance. <laughs> I, I love it. Think about commandment this way. When I used to hear commandment growing up, I used to think it was this drudgery, this real burden to carry. But the word commandment in the Greek means an authoritative prescription. God, who's in all authority, has a prescription for our life. Don't you think we ought to take his prescriptions, his scripts? Amen. So this is a script from the Lord that you, and put your name in there, aspire to lead a quiet life. And the word aspire means to long for, long for this, to aim at or seek ambitiously, be eagerly desirous for this. When you start delving into scripture and you look at the, the promptings of the word and the guidance in the scripture, it's like, hey, there's a responsibility here for me to, to dig in a little bit more so I can comprehend this a little bit better and be a greater disciple. See, that should be every one of our goal. I want to be a greater disciple. Amen. When people walk in here, it shouldn't just be a, a click. In the, the assembly that you know, we look at, people come in and maybe as God begins to bring the strangers in or the first-time visitors, we should all be on them like white on rice. We should be greeting them if, no matter what they look like, what they sound like, what they smell like. That we love them. Hallelujah. We reach out and say, man, we are so glad you're here. And mean it. <laughs> Amen. All right, so we aspire for that. Our witness to the household of faith and to the law speaks of the authenticity of Bible revelation in our hearts. Though our witness through our words and actions to the body of Christ, to this household of faith. That's why I want to say something. You shouldn't listen. We all go through stuff and we're not always having the tambourine out. But when we come into the assembly, we need to lay something down outside if we're able to. Sometimes you're not. Sometimes you're coming in and you feel like you're broken. You have a place you can come when you, in, if you're in a broken state. Amen. Nobody's going to condemn you. But uh, there's something in here in the scripture where you and I have to say, yet not my will, but yours be done, Father. Every one of us have Gethsemanes. We walk in and sometimes they feel like they're daily. But we, and that is, truly is in the disciples' life, there's the cross. But the cross is preceded by Gethsemane. That is, we love on God and thank him. And we need to just say, you know, it would be a good daily prayer. Father, thank you for delivering me from the domain of darkness and transferring me into the kingdom of your darling son. Thank you that the cross changed my life. And the resurrection empowers it. Hallelujah. 
Amen. Well, why do we need foundations? Because foundations are the where we get our footing to be who we're called to be. So the, our witness to the household of faith, to the body of Christ, especially here at Good News, and to the law speaks of, our authentic, of the authenticity or the credibility of Bible revelation in our hearts. See, when I say I love you, what does that mean? When I said I love you to Carol, November 16th, 1968, from till death do us part, there were a couple of times I thought I was going to go home prematurely. There were a couple of times I thought she might go home prematurely <laughs> in this covenant. <laughs> but <lo> Tim <laughs> said, what do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> I heard a well, I heard a really great preacher, charismatic preacher, Francis Frangipani. That was BC. BC, yes, there. <laughs> oh, now I feel like Pinocchio. <laughs> Glory to time. Thank God for tongues. Amen. When you don't know what else to do or what else to say, if you don't have anything good to say, pray in tongues. I amen. <laughs> what do people see when they come into a local congregation? What do you see? And this is where I was going with this. Because of the love of God that's shed abroad in our heart by his spirit, that I need to look at each one of you Every time we, we, there's a gathering and we're, we're, we, we come together, we assemble together. But I can look at you with the love of the Father and speak a word of encouragement. That my face would offer to you hope. My countenance will offer to you hope or encouragement. Yeah, it's pretty cool, isn't it? It's not that hard. Tell your neighbor it's not that hard. Do you know it takes more muscles to frown than it does to smile? Yeah. Listen, if you don't know what else to say, do this. <laughs> Even if it's by faith. Yeah. I'm smiling on the outside, but on the inside, I'm going through hell. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Because you not leave me in the valley of death. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil. So that should put a smile on our face when we're walking through the valley. This valley isn't my destiny. Amen. But I want to tell you something about valleys. I don't know. You know, I think about that psalm, but most valleys have beautiful meadows and flowers and everything else in it. <laughs> the shadow of death might be there, but it's like, yo, dog, how you doing? I ain't, I'm not, this ain't my portion. Goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life. I heard one preacher say sometime life is pushing you back, pushing you back, pushing you back. And it seems like the devil's over winning. He said, don't ever forget. Goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life. He said, hey, goodness, give me five. Hey, mercy, give me five. Boom. Glory to God. They're following me. Boom. All of a sudden there's three of you. Glory to God. <laughs> 
Jesus is the word made flesh that you and I might be the flesh being made the word. That's the best way I can put it. Jesus is the word made flesh that we are the flesh being made the word. It's a demonstration of the power of God. Your witness, your love, your character. Say character. Now, I know most of you are characters. But his character in us, I know I can, I can be. Amen? But his character in us is such a testimony. I believe, I, I honestly believe this with my, all my heart. That we prayed this and believing for the place to, to be doubled in attendance by next year. And the reason for that is fruitfulness. God has put neighbors around us, and I'm convicted by this, that we've got to get, I've got to get out of my 16 timber court and into more of the court. And on the street that comes down to our, you know, we're in our neighborhood, I got to start getting out. And convince them, remind them that we're not Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses. Those people are religious. <laughs> yeah, most of them do. Last and we'll close here. Go with me to First Peter chapter 1. It's a beautiful scripture. First Peter 1 verse 22. <clears throat> There's a purification that you and I process through our entire life. Paul said this, or Peter did rather, in, in verse 22. Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the spirit and sincere love of the brethren. Since you have purified your souls, how in the world do we do that? How do we purify our soul? What is the soul? Will, intellect, and emotion? Amen? Our wills, intellects, and emotions but in singular form, will, intellect, and emotion was in us controlled by the flesh man before we got saved. Right? Now the spirit wants to be at the helm of the soul. So we purify our souls through what? Titus 3, 5 says through the washing of regeneration. Our minds being washed with the word of God. Amen? So there's... If you're not in the word and you're convinced or the devil has hoodwinked you into thinking that you don't have time for the word, then he has won a great victory in your life. And you will never be the fruitful Christian, a fruitful disciple. You'll get to heaven. But do you just want to get to heaven? Just like feeling like you just made it over to the line or do you want to run across that line? Glory to God, shaka, with a bunch of folk running behind you. Who are they? They're, God graced me to share his love with them. Hallelujah. And they got on board. They gave their lives to Christ. Don't you want to take at least one to heaven with you? 
Huh? I'll tell you what, say, set the bar high. Set the bar high. You know, if we had implemented this in our lives personally to win one person to Christ a year and then to duplicate it each year. After one year, there's two people that are loving God who win two more to Christ. At the end of the second year, there's four people that are saved and growing in the Lord. Right? At the end of the next year, there's eight. At the end of the next year, there's 16. At the end of the next year, there's 32. At the end of the following year, there's 64. The next year, 128, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Say, God's, say God's fruitful. Say, God in me is a fruit-bearing Messiah. Hallelujah. Since you have good newsites, have purified your souls and obeying the truth of the spirit and sincere love of the brethren. Love one another fervently with a pure heart. That means no agenda. I don't have an ulterior motive for loving you. Yes, his agenda, Jim. I want you to succeed in his plan for your life, which means now. Well. I have to I have to take a next step in relationship. Um, what is God's plan for your life? So I can encourage you. Al. I, I see you every week. I hear you shout Jesus. But who be you? Who are you? What does no no you what no but I'm I'm talking about now there's a this love that has to begin to be exchanged and taking that step of faith to become vulnerable to share parts of what I believe even if you even if you're not sure this is what I think God's calling me to do or called me to do then what can I do I can I have now have a, an entrance to encourage him. And we all need to do that with each other. What do you believe God's called you to do? Amen? What's my destiny? What's your destiny? To help others fulfill theirs. Say it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen? So let's finish the scripture and we're going to release you into the earth. <laughs> Having been born again. Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Because all flesh is as grass and all the glory of man is the flower, of the grass. The grass withers and its flower falls away. But the word of the Lord endures forever. Now, this is the word which by the gospel was preached to you. So between last week and this week, particularly Holy Spirit wanted you and I to be equipped 
stirred up again to love and good works, but to, with a, a res, the responsibility, not just the knowledge of love, but the responsibility of love. Say the responsibility of love. It's not just a word. It's an action. It's not just an action. It's a lifestyle. What? It's a verb, not just a noun. Amen? Sweetheart, do you have anything you want to add? Thank you. <laughs> Let's stand. You have something? Yeah. Yeah, I just want to encourage you to take time. Um, go over these scriptures. I hope you wrote them down. Meditate on them. Ask the Lord how it can empower your life to help empower someone else's life. Yeah. Um, I, I, I personally have been having such a... <clears throat> A blessing. Um, you know, when you said, w- even though we walk through the shallow, the valley of death, valley, or, val- even though we walk the, through the valley, the, of, the uh, the, the valley of, of the shadow of death, no evil shall befall you. And <clears throat> we don't have that. We don't have that in our life at all. Amen. Um, What I want to encourage you is with this. Share Jesus with people. Don't be afraid to. Fear is not your portion. More people are more afraid. The body of Christ is in more fear of opening their mouths and speaking out to people than anything else. Because we're afraid of, I don't know if it's rejection, reaction, reaction, or... Um, stepping over into their um, private space. But how are they going to hear unless one is sent? When Jesus said things, you know, when he, where's that scripture? It was the end of the feast. They were approaching the end of the feast. And he, if anyone, John 7, 7, and if anyone um, is thirsty, in the scriptures, it actually said this. Now, you know the Jews were in their structure, okay? The, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the, the rabbis and all them, they were in their structure, and they kept people in that structure. Prisoner. Prisoner. Towards the end of that feast, it said Jesus with a loud voice. If anyone is thirsty... Let him come to me and drink. Now, I think he got in their private space. He messed with their box, for sure. He messed with their box. Now, these are the folks that want to throw him off a cliff. <laughs> Hello. They didn't like this guy. They didn't like him at all. And the church, I've seen more intimidation, which is fear that has come on the body of Christ to walk up to somebody and talk to them and tell them that Jesus loves them or ask them. And this week has been like, I call it my magnet week. Like I've been feeling like I'm a magnet. I can't tell you the places that I've been 
and how people, I've been in stores and uh, just a couple, and but in those stores, people are approaching me to start talking to me. And I just go, oh, this is this is like harvest day. Yeah. And I and anyway, I get talking to them and I keep talking till I find that place. Is anyone thirsty? This person's coming up to me because they're thirsty. Good point. And I I look for where the thirst is. And and I'm saying that and it's like I've had so many opportunities this week to tell people and ask them if they know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. Have you ever received them? Salvation Army people. People just walk up to put a dollar in their bucket, and that's it, or some coins. Maybe you're generous and put $5 or $10 in that bucket, you know? But I've been walking up to the Salvation Army people, and I'm asking them if they're born again and asking them if they know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. Because I don't know if they're just volunteering their time to do something good, and they might not be born again. And I know the whole root of that whole ministry, which is so powerful, and to touch the poor. And, but not all of them, they might have been touched somehow by Salvation Army, but they might not be born again. And then we get into, and some of them are, and we get into this conversation. And it's like, and what I'm saying is this. If you are looking for the harvest, you're in it. And guess who's going to come to you? The thirsty. The thirsty's coming to you. The hungry's coming to you. And you look for the opportunity to share Jesus. You know what it does? It gets you out of yourself. And it gets you out of that valley and over into the fruitfulness of a harvest field, you know. And that's all I want to encourage you guys with. It just seems like the Holy Spirit has taken us just to really focus in on this harvest field. You know, there's great revelation and great teaching in the Bible and the Word of God, and we've had great over the years, awesome teaching that has come into this church. And But yet the, the Holy Spirit, it's like we're, we're zeroing in on where it's needed, people, on people's lives. And the only thing that can break through is having the love of God break through in our lives to know how much we're loved so that we can love others. Amen? Amen. You're blessed people. Amen. You are blessed people because we have, we have the love of Christ shed abroad in our hearts, you know, and it's to touch a lost and dying world. That's what it's for. So take your neighbor's hand and let's pray. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Father, we honor you. you want yes, Lord. Christy. We honor you. We bless you. We honor you, Father. Glory to God. Jesus, Jesus. Come on, church. What's our, are you all sleepy this morning? Come on. We honor you and bless you, Lord. Hallelujah. We love you. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We glorify your name. You are worthy, Lord. 
Your name is majestic. Your name is holy. Your name is King of kings and Lord of lords. Your name is Emmanuel, God who dwelt among us. Your name is Counselor. You're the Advocate. Yes, you are. You are wisdom. You're Almighty God. You're sovereign. Your name is holy. Holy, holy. Your name is above every other name. Yes, it is, Jesus. And your name is wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. (laughs) And Lord, we just thank you for the message today and for our time that we've had together to assemble together, that we've had the freedom to assemble together. Praise God. Father, I pray that the power and, and the teacher, Holy Spirit, would take the word today and teach us in our spirit things that you spoke to us and that we wouldn't let go of it. We would take it and use it and that you would change our lives to be more like your son, Jesus, Father. And in being more like your son, we know that we're more like you, representing you here on the earth. I'm asking you to bless every person here, Father. Father, in Jesus' name. With goodness, mercy, strength, love. Every need that they have is met according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. I pray, Father, for a hunger and a thirst for your word that it would increase more and more every day. Revelation from your word. Revealing the power, the person of who you are. The Godhead in that word, into us, to us personally. That we would be effective in this earth, Lord, to touch many lives and many souls. That people would see us and be just drawn to us because of the supernatural working and presence of the glory of God that works in us and on us. So that they might hear and know and receive who you are, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you for it, Lord. We ask you, Father, to bless Glenn in Jesus' name, that your peace would be upon him. Be with him. We thank you, Father, for your workings and miracles and supernatural workings in this church. And, Father, that every person here, it is your desire for you to use their hands to touch other people that the supernatural power and gifts of the Holy Ghost will flow through everyone here. That not one Lord God is not needed in the kingdom of God, but all of us together, knitted together as one, is so effective. And I thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. We all agree and say, Amen. Amen.